So, uh, David, this week, SEC Media Days, is there a, a storyline or a talking point, whether it's local or national, that you think comes up most often when Tennessee is the subject? I mean, I think it's the it's the big picture question that that's been hovering over the program for a decade. Is you know when is Tennessee going to get back? How close are they? Uh, you know, what is this next year? Is this next year a tangible step that makes people more confident that Jerry Pruitt is the guy, or less confident? He made some changes. Good recruiting class. The talent level should be a little bit better. They should be better, but he's got to prove it. Uh, he's still pretty unproven. I think that's really you know the the the, the question and the issue and the storyline. Tennessee's not going to be able to escape all season long. Could you tell in the spring, have you been able to tell this offseason, has Jeremy Pruitt changed? How much has he changed? How do you answer that question? I think some of that's been overstated by people. I think when we talked to the assistant coaches, I think it was Chris Rump or somebody was, was talking about, you know, he's a little bit more relaxed, he's delegating a little bit more, and people kind of ran with that. But we talked to other assistants and asked them, and they were kind of, uh, you know, he's still the same guy. So, so I think, sure, he's changed a little bit. But this idea that you're going to see a dramatically different Jeremy Pruitt, you know, I don't know that I'd buy that at all. I mean, if I'm a whiteboard right now, I'm still a little bit scared. So you're, you're still going to get the same guy, maybe a little bit smarter in year two, a little bit more in control, a little bit more of a better handle on the big picture. But in terms of, you know, laid back or more relaxed, uh, that's easy to say in March, much more difficult to say in October. Isn't it better if I ask you after Tennessee plays a few SEC games and we see how Tennessee performs on the field and how Jeremy Pruitt handles whatever that result is? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing. And, and I think, too, how he handles it publicly, I, I think, will be really integral in how the fan base reacts to him. Because in year one, it's very easy to say in a halftime interview, we got to get 25 more guys in here and reboot this roster. Because it's not wrong. It might be harsh. Um, you know, people might be saying that's an excuse, but he's not wrong. The talent level was not there. This year, that's going to ring a little less true because he's got some of his guys in there. Got some young guys, and, and they'll be young this year. But, uh, you know, how does he react when, when things go wrong? And, and, and how does he play that? And how much does he talk about those kind of things? will be interesting, and then in year three, I'm not sure you can say that at all. Um, even though there's still some some stragglers, I guess, from the previous uh, uh, you know roster. But so, I think it will be interesting to see how he handles that. Um, and and you know, we haven't seen him be unwilling to fall on the sword if need be, or, or take blame where it's deserved. Um, but but how he handles that publicly, I think, will affect how the fan base reacts to him. It's not going to affect much on the field, wins and losses. I don't think. I think this team believes in him. But it is important how this fan base that didn't know him at all when he got here, I mean, he's being judged by this fan base, I think, pretty much solely on what he does in Knoxville. I think they, people came in with a clean slate, and so he can control that, and that's important. David Ubbin, TheAthletic.com. Uh, we, we know Georgia's at the top of the SEC East. Florida's the top contender. Missouri got some buzz, I think, after its appearance on Monday. But how, how do you, what do you make of the state of the SEC East, which Tennessee is trying to climb up in? I think it's for, for you know it's it's tough because you do have an, an elite team in Georgia. I mean, for Jerry Pruitt, the the timing could not be worse. I mean, Butch Jones was existing in a very down SEC East that you know they probably should have won a couple times, and that is not the reality that the Jerry Pruitt walked into. It's very division titles are nice to sell as signs of progress, but Tennessee with Georgia in the conference is still like three years away from really having a shot. You know, unless Georgia just tanks for some reason. They're still like two or three years away at least from having any kind of shot for, for competing against Georgia over the course of an eight-game SEC season. And so 
it's difficult. I mean, but you got to start by getting out of the basement, and that's you know two years in a row sitting down there. So it's a much tougher SEC East, and it's been in quite a while. Georgia's a big reason for that. I don't think Florida's going anywhere. They're only going to get better under Dan Mullen. So Tennessee's got to hold up their end of the bargain. But but winning titles and, and getting to Atlanta from this division is going to be harder than, than the majority of the, what the coaches that, that that you know were previous here uh, have have encountered. Yeah, and uh, isn't Florida? It's recent results. Isn't that an example maybe what you were talking about with the division titles? McIlwain won the, the East his first two years. I mean, imagine if that happened in Knoxville, what would be said about that coach? Year three, he's fired in the middle of the season. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when they're happening, nobody wants to hear, well, the East isn't very good, guys. <laughs> but then when things go bad, people look back and they kind of say, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know what? The East was bad. And maybe our coach didn't really have it. And so I think that that's the one thing that – with the SEC East as it is right now, if you've done something, you've done something here. And so, you know, there's there's not going to be any, I think, false steps of progress. I think we'll see how those look. And there's a well, how many steps away is Tennessee from being where Tennessee fans want them to be? Like 40? I mean, goodness gracious, break out the Fitbit. So we'll see how that goes. David Ubbin, TheAthletic.com. What about where Missouri is? Uh, I mentioned a moment ago you, you've written about them a little bit this offseason, including the state of the program. What do you see with Missouri now with Kelly Bryant in their quarterback? Yeah, I don't know that I buy their ceiling, but they have maybe the highest floor of just about anybody outside of the, the major powers. Um, they bring back so much talent. Obviously, adding Kelly Bryant, you eliminate the biggest question mark when they lost Drew Locke. They didn't really have anybody behind him that was ready or that you felt pretty good about. Now you got Kelly Bryant, a battle-tested guy. He may not be a complete game-changer, but he's a significantly above-average player who will, who will make them better. Uh, and I think, too, with the NCAA sanctions, it's amazing they didn't lose any players because they, they got a free pass, and, and we wrote about that a little bit this week at The Athletic. Um, but for them to hang on to that, I think really does speak well to the, to the state of the program as it stands. Yeah, what did you uh, think of that story, which included uh, Tennessee Tidbit from comments that uh, Barry Oda made earlier in the offseason? Several schools wanted some of their players. Tennessee maybe was one of the more aggressive teams because of the talent issue, but, but as you mentioned, nobody left. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand why people are getting mad about this. Like... It's it's that's just the game. Tennessee is needs better players. Missouri gets hit with NCAA sanctions. Guys can leave for free. Tennessee pursued them and they said no. Like, where's the foul here? It's interesting because you don't see it that often. You don't see division rivals, you know, re- recruiting players from the division. It's an interesting story, but I don't like the anger and the like. Oh, you know, Missouri is doing stuff to hold these guys back, or Tennessee is is trash for you know trying to talk these guys into leaving their 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 teammates behind. It's like. It's a business. Like, if Missouri players wanted to play in a bowl or felt like they needed to go, then they, they'd have that option, and they felt like they wanted to keep doing what they're doing at Missouri. So no no harm, no foul on that whole deal. But Tennessee, goodness, they could have used some of those guys. A, a DeMarcus Acey or a Trevor Wallace-Sims uh, would have been nice for them, but uh, no dice for them. Yeah, it's not hard to figure out why Tennessee wanted to go after those players. Is part of it maybe that – this whole transfer conversation this offseason, a lot of people just don't even know what to think or say about it yet? Yeah, I think that might be part of it. Um, I think, like you mentioned, Barry Odom took it as a compliment in some ways. He said he hadn't thought much about it after, you know, he kind of popped off to, to, to Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports. And, you know, the next day we were at meetings in Birmingham, and I haven't given another thought to it. I'm not sure I believe that, but, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, he kept his guys together. They didn't have a senior leave. And so that's a compliment to Barry Odom. But, you know, I, I think when you look at, at, uh, at where Tennessee is, 
you know, they, they just need better players, and they're willing to do anything they needed to do to get them. They just missed on, on those guys in Missouri. David, last thing, um, is there anything that's with Tennessee's football team that's not getting as much atten- uh, attention that maybe interests you to find out, whether we find out this week or we find out in six weeks, whatever the case might be? I gotta say, I'm starting to kind of buy into the defensive line. You know, the Aubrey Solomon conversation. You know, you hear good things there. I, I think that, that, that if they can get him eligible, and you got him, you've got Emmett Gooden, you got a guy in Matthew Butler at a really strong spring that they kind of believe in, and then you need somebody behind them to give you a little bit more depth. Remember that's Greg Emerson. You got your JUCO transfers in there, Darrell Middleton, uh, Savion Williams coming in there. I kind of like the defensive line unit. I, th- I think there's a lot of potential there. It's a lot of new faces. It's a lot of inexperience. they got to prove themselves. But they have some real potential, and I, I think people are looking at as though it's going to just be a weakness for this team. And I'm, I'm not sure that we're going to get to the middle of October and people are going to be talking about that still as a weakness. I think this team and this coaching staff knows how important the line of scrimmage is, and they've recruited to that, and they've got in, brought in guys that they feel like can make an immediate impact because they're going to have to. And so we'll see how that plays out on the field, but I, I think that group might, might surprise some people. David, good stuff as always. What's going on right now with the Athletic.com news this weekend? Yeah, we've added a bunch of folks uh, from the college team, the NFL team. So, you know, I'd like to say, you know, if you if you already subscribe, your your subscription just got more valuable. And if you haven't, you got a bunch more reasons to. So, you know, we added Mr. Andy Staples, who I'm sure any college football fan is aware of, and we've got coverage now of more than half the SEC. I can't even keep track of all the teams that we have dedicated coverage to in the SEC. Not to mention, you know, people around the country. I think we have 34, 35 writers on our team now covering college football from coast to coast. So uh, if you like college football, The Athletic is the uh, place to be. Follow him on Twitter, at David Ubbin. David, thanks. Anytime. Thanks.